While growing up in Santa Barbara, California, Kathy was discovered by a scout from Elite Modeling Agency. By the age of 17, she was traveling around the world as a fashion model, and she soon reached supermodel fame, appearing on covers of countless magazines including Glamour, Cosmopolitan, Harper's Bazaar, and Sports Illustrated. And uh, she's independent, she's strong-minded. This is stuff I've all found out about you, so I, I don't know if this is really true. You tell me if this is a good intro or not. Very good. You're doing great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, CEO of a billion-dollar company, a talented actress, and the author of a biblically—that's even a hard thing to say—a biblically-based plan to motivate busy moms called Powerful Inspirations: Eight Lessons That Will Change Your Life. Kathy lives in Southern California with her husband Greg, an emergency room physician, and their three children: Eric, Lily, and Chloe. How, how was that? Did I did I do that all right? Well, it was very kind and very wonderful. Um, I. I I can't really agree with you on the talented actress part. I did a little bit of acting, not a lot. Um, <laughs> but uh, that was maybe a little bit of a stretch. But otherwise, you got to get it. <laughs> now, so you pretty much spent your whole life in, in California. You've grown up there. You're living. Are you living in Santa Barbara area now? Or? I am, yeah. Yeah, we love it here. This is home. And, um, you know, our, our families are, are, are both here. So, so we, we really love it. Do you get down to Morro Bay at all or Solvang? Oh, every now and then we do. Yeah, that's a beautiful, beautiful part of the country, too. We love that. I spent uh, four years in California living up in uh, Kings Canyon at a Christian camp called Hume Lake Christian Camps. And uh, Oh, my goodness, Kings Camp. My husband, before we had children, uh, my husband and I used to do a lot of backpacking. And um, that was actually a place where we were backpacking uh, just before we started our business. You know, we were... Uh, testing out these that we started our business in 93 with socks and we tested them out on this backpacking trip one of um one of our uh favorite socks and then one of these new from these potential new partners and we just fell in love with the socks okay so let me that's how it started let me go let me just get this straight kathy ireland worldwide this billion dollar company finding solutions for families especially busy moms it all started with socks it all started with socks, and um, when we started, uh, you know, I was an okay model, but I wasn't super, and um, when we started the brand, we had very little resources. We had no ad budget. We took out a loan. Um, there were some people who said, oh, you should break in with uh, swimwear, but I, I really wasn't looking to break into the business. What I was looking to do was to really build a relationship with our customer and build a, a, a brand. And I just I wanted to, to start with something really basic that everybody needs, something like socks, and see what we could bring to it, what our team could bring as far as fashion and quality and utilizing great fabrics and design. And I thought if women embraced our socks, then we might have something. And last year we sold our 100 millionth pair. Oh, seriously, over 100 million pairs of socks. Yeah, there, so that 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 was exciting. That was, um, and I'm very thankful to all of our customers who have supported us throughout the years. You said earlier, you know, when you started this, you wanted a relationship with the consumer, a relationship with the customers. You wanted to sort of sort of be in relationship with them. I I just don't understand that. How can a how can a corporation really relationship with the consumer? Oh, my goodness. Our customer is the biggest part of our design team, the most critical part. And I, I'm reaching out to busy moms simply because it's what I am, it's what I know, it's where I feel I have something to offer. I know this woman has been underserved. And I'm hearing from her in my regular life. It's 
school, at the grocery store, at church, but primarily it's through the website. And on my website, I don't sell anything. I don't ever plan to sell anything. It was designed to be a communication channel, and this would be a place where she could just go and kind of a thank you for supporting our brand, and we would give her information on fashion and home and family. But what I wasn't prepared for was the information she gives us, and she's very direct with me. When she comes to my website, she doesn't want an autograph. She doesn't want beauty tips. There's plenty of other places she can go for that. But with me, it's like, Kathy, I love this here, but fix this over here. I need a solution here. And she's amazing, um, so direct, and I love that. And uh, I just feel like, you know, we've got a great relationship going, and I'm really dependent upon her for that communication so that we're able to serve her. We're on the phone with Kathy Ireland. Uh, and she is the CEO of Kathy Ireland Worldwide. And i got to be honest, Kathy, I, I spent at least an hour trying to summarize all that you're involved in. And I just sort of gave up because uh, there was just so much information that I couldn't consolidate it. So if you could, for our listeners, help us understand what is Kathy Ireland Worldwide all about, if you could just sort of summarize it. I mean, is it, I mean, to say finding solutions for families, especially busy moms, I mean, I get that. That's a nice catchphrase, but pull that apart just a little bit more. Oh, gosh, it's, um, it's much more than a catchphrase. It's something we take very seriously. And whenever our team is considering a new product that might be appropriate for the brand, that's what we go to. That's what keeps us focused. It takes ego out of it for anybody. And, you know, we look at things. Well, where's the solution here? Um, and if, if we're talking about furniture, um, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, is it safe? Because the, the mission statement being finding solutions for families, especially busy moms, you don't have peace if your home isn't safe. The first thing I do when I walk in a door is I'm scanning the room for danger. Um, on our case goods, we've got rounded corners on our table. So larger pieces, we offer tip kits. I live in California where we have earthquakes, but no matter where you live, little ones left to climb. It takes an instant for a tragedy to occur. And so I encourage people, whatever products you buy, um, ours come with tip kits, but you can go to the hardware store. And it's so easy to fix those larger pieces to your walls. Whatever it is, we're looking at the quality. We're just venturing into jewelry with Dame Elizabeth Taylor um, under her House of Taylor brand. And um, I'm working with her because <laughs> I have a lot to learn about jewelry. And we're expanding that mission statement, um, not just to finding solutions for families, especially busy moms, but also finding solutions for people in love. And it one of the things I love about that mission statement, there will always be needs that need to be fulfilled. We're always going to, we'll never have all those solutions filled. So it really keeps us on our toes and it keeps us busy. I um, I, I love that catchphrase. Well, I'm sorry to use the the, the, uh, the term catchphrase. But no, I, that's okay. I, I love that term, um, finding solutions for people in love. That is a very, very smooth um, thing. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what else you call it, but I just that caught me. I thought that was a very cool thing. Very cool. Oh, thank you. It was a team effort. <laughs> I worked with an incredible team of people, and um, and I really encourage people to you know to to find a good support system. Whatever you do, you know, I, I all moms are working moms, whether they get paid or not. <laughs> so yeah. whatever it is that you're doing in your life, and there's nothing more difficult, more challenging, or more rewarding or important than being a parent. 
We're on the phone with Kathy Ireland. Let's talk about the fashion side of things here because I'm a guy and I do not get the world of fashion. I just don't. I know some guys do, but I don't. And I can easily wear the same piece of clothing all week long. doesn't affect my life. I don't think if anybody else cares, they don't mention it to me. My wife doesn't seem to mention it to me. Um, I, I like living in a nice, you know, tidy house. But uh, if my wife wants to decorate it in a in a kind of a weird way, or you know, she just kind of does whatever she wants. I I just mm-hmm. I don't get it. I have an apathy about it. Does that make me a bad person? Am I a bad person because I don't care about fashion? No, not at all. Not at all. And I'm sure there are subtle things that you do care about. And to me, fashion it's not just about the latest trends and, and all of that. And um, and while our brand, you know, we're we're aware of trends. Trends are not a cornerstone of our brand because trends come and go. Um, but it, it, while we incorporate them, we certainly don't make them a cornerstone. Um, what you're probably aware of, though, is, is how you like to live. You know, what, if you like to be comfortable, um, subtle things. You know, certain colors might make you feel a certain way. If you want the room to be brighter or cozier, or however that may be. I think if you just took a couple minutes and you kind of thought about what it was about the room that you didn't like, you know, maybe it it feels too small, maybe it feels um, too sterile, maybe it doesn't have enough personality, wh- whatever it might be. And then, um, you know, the person in the family who is interested in that, um, and in your case it sounds like it's your wife, uh, you know, she can she can do things to to make it more personal. Um, you know, if a room feels too sterile, I love family photos and I love having those around. And it's fun to kind of have your own unique touch on things. I love getting the children involved. And you know, you can make special frames, just a, a simple wood frame, and then you have the kids glue on seashells or beach glass or buttons or whatever it is. And it and it really makes. A house, a home. As, as I'm listening to this, I, I, I gotta be honest. I'm just there's part of me that's kind of like, oh man, you know. I just, I just, I'm trying to care about fashion. I really am because you're you're a special guest and you're a nice lady, and I'm I'm trying. But <laughs> but I gotta, you know, I you know I, 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 I kind of feel like I should just pony up with the cash, you know, say here, honey, here's the money, and then just shut up and let her do whatever she wants to do. And isn't that a good thing? If if that's your choice, if that's what what makes you happy. Um, <laughs> You know, there's there's no problem there. I don't think it's I don't think it's something for everybody, but I'm sure you like to be comfortable. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty. I'm a typical lazy male. Yes. <laughs> well, and comfort is it, it's really not a trend. It's a revolution, and people are demanding it in all areas of their life, from apparel to items for the home, and and that type of information. Um, I mean, you're helping me right now. You're giving me input that I will think about when we work with a team, when we're working on pieces, um, sofas that, that are comfortable and um, furniture um, that, that really suits our needs. What I'd like you to come up with, um, Kathy, if you don't mind, and I'll, I'll just remind our listeners, we're on the phone with Kathy Ireland. Uh, Kathy, what I'd like you to come up with is, is uh, an electronic invention whereby the remote control um, is somehow attached to the, to the couch and if it ever does get lost, there's a button on the TV that you that you push, and the remote control beeps, kind of like the the, the 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 mobile phones in the house. This is how this is how pathetically I think about about you know fashion and and, and design. 
I think that's very innovative. <laughs> now, listen, I can imagine I can imagine your home, you know, being serene, being being just nook and cranny beautiful, you gotta gorgeous. Come on over. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I heard you I heard you say in designing your line of home furnishings that you want the children to feel welcome in any room, and I want you to be honest. Do you let your kids go into every room of your house? Absolutely, I do. Um, the philosophy behind our brand is life is messy. And instead of being afraid of those messes, we need to embrace them. And, I, I mean, for example, our our rugs and our carpets are made in a way that they're so easy to clean. I even, and our kids have fun. Our home is kind of like a lab. So I'm like, all right, you guys, get out the grossest things you can find in the refrigerator. We're going to test out these products. And, um, and they clean up really easily. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> and it's... It avoids hurt feelings. But when I was a little girl growing up, I remember there were certain relatives whose homes we would visit, and they'd say, keep the kids out of the living room. And I want our kids to be welcome in every room of the house. And uh, and it's fun. I mean, life is for for living. You know, we make forts in the living room, and um, it's, it, it's really fun. I mean, some people may come over and just think, wow, that's kind of a mess. And I've had I've had days where... I mean, I, I remember one day my husband came home at the end of the day. The house was a pigsty, and he didn't say anything. Just kind of looked at me, but you know, I just said, "You know what? I was a really good mom today. <laughs> we had fun. We were building forts, and I could have done the other stuff. And um, not that I'm recommending that everybody make their home a pigsty, but just that I think priorities are really important." And our kids are going to be little for just a short amount of time. They're not going to remember if the house was thick and span, but they're going to remember, like, those fun special times. Mm. So sometimes you just got to let things go. Yeah, I mean, and as kids, we, we remember, oh, like my, my wife remembers her father making her vacuum the one room that you said, you know, you can't go in that room. And then after she vacuumed it, she had to sweep it with a corn broom to, to uh, cover up the footprints on the carpet. You know, everybody's unique and different. Oh, then, you know, that's very politically correct of you, and I'm just saying that's just whack, okay? Seriously, that's just wrong. Yeah. Anyway, what, yeah. what, what kind of a mom are you? And I know that's a brutal question to answer, but as parents, I think we all either do, like, way too much for our kids or not enough. There's always this balancing act going on. Are you are you sort of like an overprotective, you know, neurotic mother like Mrs. Cunningham off of Happy Days, or are you more like a kind of hip, cool with it? You know, your kids are so embarrassed to be with you because you're trying to be so cool kind of kind of mom. Oh, my goodness. Um, I do embarrass my kids. Um, I, I and, and I try not to. I, I really try not to. But just driving to school, if, you know, sometimes I like to sing, and I'm not a good singer at all. And Really? Um, can you give us a little uh, a little sample of that? No, no. <laughs> okay. No, I'll, I'll, then I'll really embarrass them. Um, I, I am overprotective. Um, I do tend to be a little bit neurotic, but you know what? I love them. And um, I read a really great book by a guy named Gavin DeBecker called Protecting the Gift, and and I really recommend it. Just I, I think it's good to be aware, not not neurotic, but aware and, and smart about things. You know, I'm the kind of mom who, um, before our kids have a play date, you know, I, I ask the parents, "Do you guys have guns in your house?" Because um, I want to know. Wow, you see, that's that's a that's an American phenomenon because we wouldn't even think of asking that up here in Canada. Do you have guns in your house? Before my kid comes over, do you have guns in your house? You ask that. 
I, I do ask it. And, and there are homes where they've said yes, but I, I've gotten to know the parents and I feel comfortable. Um, but there's other homes where, where I may not feel comfortable. And it's just that, particularly with boys, they're so curious and they're so drawn to this. And it's a different day that we live in. It's not like a few generations ago where kids went hunting after school and they brought their guns to school and it was no big deal. It's a different time that we're living in. And, you know, it just takes an instant for a tragedy. So I just, you know, I want to keep our kids safe. I'm, um, you know, aware of, of what they're watching. Our kids are not allowed to go on the Internet um, unless we're right there with them. Um, there's only a couple channels they're allowed to watch on TV. Um, how, how old are the kids again, Kathy? Uh, Eric will be 11 on Monday, and Lily is 6, and Chloe's 2. 11 on Monday. What kind of birthday? You got a big birthday bash planned? Uh, we do. As we speak, uh, they are blowing up the, you know, one of those bouncer things. Um, <laughs> this one you can climb on it. Oh, yeah, like a and, jump, jumping castle thing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's going to be fun. We're actually doing a, a small little party, and then uh, we're going to do a beach party tomorrow. We're on the phone with Kathy Ireland. You know, here's something I battle with as a dad, okay? My daughter and I have talked about this a number of times, my wife and I as well. I, Wrongly or, or rightly, I've just come to the conclusion very recently that until my daughter comes of a certain age where she is more... This is going to sound a bit neurotic here as a parent. I'm, I can't believe I'm admitting this. But anyway, until she comes of an age where she is more aware while she's sleeping, I don't want her sleeping over at anyone's house, period. Have you ever thought that through for your daughters? I know they're a little younger, but when they when they get a little bit older, do, have you ever thought, you know, do we let them sleep over? I mean, just because you know people doesn't mean anything these days. You know, that usually means... Well, daughter, daughters and sons, I think it's, it's really the same. And I think parents have a responsibility to invest the time to get to know the parents of their kids' friends. Right. And, it, you know, it's, it's not always easy or convenient, but it's important. You know, have them over for dinner. Spend some time with them. Um, I, I kind of like it when the kids come over here to tell you the truth. Yeah, that's what we've um, sort of said. We've said, you know, you can have anybody sleep over pretty much almost any time you want, but just sort of to compensate for Because, Kathy, even if you, if you invite the parents over and you get to know them, you don't really know them. You don't really know anybody. It's always the people that you thought you knew that, that ends up doing something wacky. Yeah. Well, you've got you got to feel comfortable, and, and you've got to trust your instincts. I think, I think our culture today, people have grown kind of numb to their instincts because they are so worried about being politically correct. And I think those instincts are God-given and given to us for a reason to protect us and keep us safe. And uh, and I think you got to listen to that. Hmm. Well, we're on the phone with Kathy Ireland. She's the CEO of Kathy Ireland Worldwide. And, of course, many people would remember Kathy Ireland as a, as a model. I, I just read something somewhere the other day that said that you, you were the first supermodel. Does that, does that make any sense? <laughs> That's a new one. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize you were the first. I didn't think that well, was correct. You know, I was an okay model. I, I think of Cindy Crawford is, you know, when you're talking about supermodel, um, Cindy Crawford, Cheryl Teagues, Christy Brinkley, Naomi Campbell. I mean, those are, those are some real supermodels, and these women continue to be seen and heard everywhere. And I was um, occasionally see, seen, but very rarely heard. Um, a, a critic once said I had a voice that could kill small animals, and um, <laughs> that was a real confidence builder. You're kidding. 
<laughs> that's a nice thing to have in your but resume. I, I'm grateful for that business because it uh, it was a great education. It exposed me to the best designers in the world. It exposed me to travel and to people of all different cultures. So I could really understand how people live and what they need. And and one of the frustrating things, it was just, you know, these unattainable looks and unattainable prices. And my girlfriends were always giving me a hard time saying, I'm not going to spend my money on a magazine to look at pictures of skinny women with retouched skin wearing clothes I could never afford. Amen. That's a good, good... We'll we'll let you get away with it this time. You're wearing other people's stuff, but when you have your own brand, you better make it for real women. Yeah, that's right. Well, I let's just talk about the modeling thing just for a little bit. Um, you, apparently, you've done fashion shows on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, MSNBC, The Today Show, Rosie O'Donnell, Oprah Entertainment Tonight, Access Hollywood, Main Floor, and I'm sure many others. And I, I don't know, I'm a blooper guy, right? I love uh, America's Funniest Home Videos. That is my favorite show on television. Oh, yeah. But have you ever had anything go horribly wrong at a fashion show? Maybe something really embarrassing happened? Well, I never... I. I... I did, I, I have appeared on all of those shows, um, but when we were showing our line of clothing, I had to hire models, and I would talk about the clothes because I was always too uncoordinated to do runway. Um, <laughs> really? I, I tried. I'm tall, and I have small feet. That's my excuse. I don't have enough leverage. Yeah, so you fall um, over a lot, do you? I am really uncoordinated, <laughs> and um, so it's a, it's a challenge for me. Um, have you ever just wiped I, out completely I, on the runway yourself? Well, I, I oh no, you didn't do much I runway wasn't stuff. Invited back on the runway. I went on the runway once, and I wasn't invited. Back. Oh, really? It was so, that. It was um, that bad. <laughs> it was. It wasn't. It wasn't too graceful. It, it wasn't too pretty. <laughs> but um, oh, just running out to a photo shoot. I remember the sun was going down. It was outdoors. I was running from the hotel lobby down to the street, and I just wiped out. And I ripped this one of a kind, really expensive haute couture outfit. Um, and so that was kind of embarrassing. And then one time I was in a studio and there was, I thought it was a wall that was dividing the makeup area to the photography area. And I leaned against it and I realized it was just a partition and I tried to grab it, but it was falling and falling. And then I heard this big smash, kaboom, and knocked down all the camera equipment. Um, And then I had a commercial audition for a, a hair product and... It was at Hunter College in New York, and they asked me if I could play racquetball. And, you know, I'm, I'm athletic. I never played racquetball, but I thought, oh, how hard could it be? It'll be a piece of cake. And they've got me against, and this, you know, taught me not to judge a book by, by its cover. This beautiful woman. I mean, she looked like Miss America. Um, and I thought, I'm just going to clobber her. I'm just going to, you know, this will be fun. So we started playing racquetball, and she was like, she was like a pro. <laughs> And I forgot they were filming us, so I was just just determined to hit that ball. And I jumped up against the wall, and I fell down. I knocked over camera equipment, lights. My knees were bleeding. So, I'm sorry. Those are hilarious, absolutely hilarious, because it makes the rest of us, you know, normal schmucky people feel good that you fall over and smash things and, you know, get your knees all bloody. Oh, gosh. I, I, I had a big face plant uh, just a couple years ago. I was playing on our son's wagon. Um, I was standing on it like wagon surfing. I told my husband to push me around the driveway, and then I overcorrected my turn. I did a major face plant, and um, yeah, I, I was a mess for a long time. Oh man, thanks a lot for sharing those. That that made my day right there. I 
I'm, I'm happy. Well, I'm, I'm glad it did. I'm yeah. glad you feel better. <laughs> um, I knew there would be some good in it somehow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we're on the phone with Kathy Ireland. Now, uh, the other thing I've, I've read about you is that you're, obviously, you, you do the actress stuff here and there, but you're apparently a very sought-after animated voiceover artist. Oh, I've, I've done a few of that. Um, <laughs> I've done a bit of that here and there. It's been fun. It's, it's, it's really fun, especially coming from that earlier job, um, doesn't matter what you look like at all and uh, you can show up in your sweatpants with no makeup and, and it's fun yeah that's why i do radio because you know i just get... yeah i understand yeah i've got a beautiful face for radio now you worked on uh, the, <laughs> the incredible hulk the fan the fantastic four Duckman, and king of the hill please i'm begging you can i please hear a sample of of one of these voices that you've done oh gosh there was this one character in Incredible Hulk called Ogress, and she was this big, green, warty character who was just really misunderstood. And she would just kind of say things like, I'm Ogress! She just kind of talked like that. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's, uh, that, that's an attractive quality right there, let me tell you. Yeah, well... <laughs> Is this something that you, you do with your kids? Like when you read them stories, you, you do these crazy voices? Oh, I, it's fun. You know, if the story calls for it, um, it it's fun. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm still actually back in the but, moment you know, when I you were doing you, that. I embarrass our kids. I, I embarrass them. So Another example of how I embarrass them. <laughs> well, Thank you for being a, a normal mom. I uh, I embarrass my uh, my children a lot. One time I wanted it was it was I was well overdue. I was I had to take my daughter out for for a special time and and uh, I had been overworking myself a little bit. So I said, okay, I came home, Jess. I said, you get on, get the fanciest clothes you got, get them on. I said, put as much makeup as you want on because he always wants to put makeup on and I'm trying to just pull her back on that. So I said, load your face up, go for bear. And uh, and we're gonna I'm gonna take you out. I'm gonna get into my suit. I only have one suit. It's the same suit I got married in. Matter of fact, I don't even think I have it anymore. And we all got gussied up, and we went out to this fancy fancy place for dinner. And she didn't know where. I said, "Where do you want to go for?" It was her choice. She said McDonald's. So so we go to McDonald's. We're all gussied up. I take a white tablecloth and put it over the table at McDonald's. I take out two wine glasses and I put them on the table. Oh, I take out so a candle sweet. and I put it on the table. Light the candle. Got everything going. She. Didn't want to go to McDonald's for about six months after that experience. <laughs> uh, someday she'll love it, you know. So <laughs> I hope so. Don't tell her kids about it. That is so sweet. Well, you know, we try, but uh, quite oftentimes I, I it backfires. In regards to the modeling thing, Kathy, you know, I've had a few people say to me, "Wow, Kathy Ireland's on your show. Is she a Christian?" And they say that with this this surprise, which is part of the reason why I, why I like asking sort of normal people who aren't spotlighted in the, in the Christian industry because because it, it drives me nuts, that question. I had to apologize to Kathy Lee when I had her on the show for, for judging her simply from seeing her on TV. You know, oh, is she a Christian or is she not a Christian? Oh, I don't think she is. She said this or I don't think she is because she did this or she's involved with that. That is just pathetic uh, brother or sisterhood in, in Christ. I, I just think that's very, very unfair of us. But it's as though people were surprised that a supermodel could be a genuine follower of Christ. Do you get that a lot from Jesus people? Oh, um, you know, not always to my face, but I'm sure there are people who who think that. But I believe that God can use us wherever we are. Um, God uses people. I mean, look at the example that Jesus set, you know, tax collector. Um, he uses people of all walks of life. 
and continues to do that. I became a Christian when I was 18 years old. I was in Paris, which sounds a lot more glamorous than it was. I was staying in a home where I didn't feel comfortable, and uh, I, it wasn't something I aspired to do, so I wasn't really excited about it. Um, and it was really out of boredom and loneliness and jet lag. Uh, I was in my room at night. I picked up a Bible that my mom had packed in my suitcase. My mom had just become a Christian. And um, I just happened to open up to the Gospels, and as I was reading, you know, it just hit me, wow, this is the truth. This is what... I, I was I was a rebellious teenager, and I was seeking the truth. I was at that point where I thought, well, my teachers don't really know everything. My parents don't really know everything. Who does know everything? I guess I'll just have to figure it out for myself. But there it was right in front of me, and Jesus was nothing like I thought. I always thought he was just going to be this big, mean guy yelling, saying, you're going to hell, and um, but he was loving and leading. And as a woman, I took such great comfort was a world that was really dominated by men. And in my situation, a lot of men who uh, did not demonstrate great ethical behavior. And Jesus so clearly demonstrated how he feels about women, what a place of honor he gives them, um, that, you know, God chose a woman to give birth to his son. The first person that Jesus told he was the son of God was a woman, and it was a woman who was leading in a moral life, and the way he treated her with respect and, you know, told her what what it was and what she needed to do, and he treated her with love and respect. And the first people, you know, who saw him after he rose were, were women. And uh, it really, having him as a best friend gave me the confidence to walk away from situations, to not compromise my values and um, really was the critical role in my survival. And I remained a baby Christian for a long, long time. I kind of, I, I had a lot of good rationalization, a lot of good reasons, I thought, why I wasn't in a church, because I, I was living the life of a gypsy, traveling all the time. And, um, you know, I, I still had my, my same friends who um, are Christians now, but... Um, but, uh, you know, I, I really didn't have that, that fellowship with other believers, and um, I kind of picked and chose things that made sense to me out of the Bible. I would pick things that I liked that made sense to me, and other things I'd just think like, oh, well, that's a typo, or, you know, that doesn't apply to me. <laughs> and it was through my own disobedience that I remained a baby Christian for such a long time. And there are choices that I've made in the past, that I wouldn't make today. Um, my goal is is that I mature as I mature in my faith, that I would live my life more and more according to His will. Well, just being in the industry that you're in or that you were in, I'm not sure how much modeling you do these days. But do you do a fair bit these days still? Or no, no, I stopped that. Gosh, um, back when we started our brand, right. And I was looking to, to end it sooner just because I didn't feel comfortable earning it. 
a living off how someone else thought I looked. Sure, sure. Well, again, I, I can only imagine that the modeling industry brought you face-to-face with incredibly compromising situations. You, you referred to that a little bit earlier. And, you know, I mean, how did you cope with that manipulation? Because the, the people that I know that are in the modeling industry personally, I, it, they use words like manipulation, game-playing, cutthroat, sleazy, you know, the dark side of the fashion world. I'm sure there's lots of great things as well. I'm sure there's light in the industry as well. Uh, but I remember, I remember uh, you sharing a story with Robert Schuller uh, about the time you were, you were facing a, a fairly compromising uh, possibility. Sure, there's, I mean, I, I met some wonderful people, and there was a lot of negative situations all around me. But I think because I was a rebellious teenager, it gave me a healthy place to rebel. So it was like, no, I'm not going to go to your parties. I'm not going to, you know, um, do what you guys are doing. It really, you know, gave me an, a, a healthy rebellion. But dealing with dealing with the pressure, right? I mean, just cutting through it all, there's got to be pressure in the industry to do things you don't want to do. And are you saying that that uh, that it was how you were wired as a person that that gave you the guts to say, you know what, I'm not taking my top off for this shoot. I know you want me to, but I'm not doing that. Or was there something spiritual happening inside of you, Kathy? I, I think it was a combination. Um, I think, and, and and again, you know, I I was a baby Christian, and <clears throat> it's and I still have a long way to go. Boy, do I ever have a long way to go. You know, I look at failure as education, and in that respect, I'm very well educated. But um, definitely God was working in my life, Um, definitely um, guiding me. And when I would be obedient and when I would listen uh, and obey, he would really work through me. You know, it was really clear what he wanted me to do and not do. Um, But I think it's that and... And the combination of, yeah, I, I went through that whole awkward phase in junior high school where I just wanted desperately to fit in, and I thought I'd do anything to just to fit in. I would, you know, I would partake in really just destructive behavior if that meant having friends. And fortunately, God made me so geeky that, you know, even the kids getting in trouble didn't want to hang out with me. So, uh, <laughs> hey, that, <laughs> so was my, that was my life, was too. <laughs> All right, now in your in your book, Powerful Inspirations: Eight Lessons That Will Change Your Life, uh, you say that true self-esteem comes from understanding our value to God, and I don't know. I think that would be a rare philosophy within the modeling industry. Uh, how, how did you How did you get to a point in your life where you were able to, you know, finally able to fully grasp this concept? Because I think most of us, whether we're in the modeling industry or not. We, that's a hard thing to get. True self-esteem comes from understanding our value to God. Well, you know, I, I think I had a lot of help in understanding that. You know, as I mentioned, I went through that off phase in, in junior high school. And once I started modeling, still that same girl. You know, I was still that same. Maybe I had grown a little bit out of it and learned how to put some makeup on and stuff. But I was still that same girl. But to see people treating you differently oh, this is so silly. And I remember having episodes of work that felt like the emperor's new clothes, you know, would bring out an outfit, and everybody would wait till the person who they thought had the most power commented if, to say if they liked it or not. And it could be really ugly, but if that person liked it, everybody would say, oh, it's wonderful, it's wonderful. 
and it's just like, okay, I'm just going to take everything with a grain of salt. I'll do my work and get paid and try to be professional, but I'm not going to really take it to heart um, whether they like my, you know, outward appearance or not because I could see how fleeting it was and how temporary. You know, a lot of models, a lot of actresses were some of the most insecure people that I would meet. There's always somebody who looks better. There's always going to be that. And when your your self-worth comes on something te- temporary, whether it's our look, our job, our health, our social standing, uh, we're going to be in for a big disappointment because any of those things can be taken away from us tomorrow. None of us have control over that. And I remember... Um, I had given a talk on that, and I was kind of wondering, well, maybe I'd gone a little too far talking about appearance, because that's more of a gradual change. You know, we kind of age gradually. But as I as I told you, I had that face plant in the driveway. It was a doozy. <laughs> I um, it was I smashed my face, split my nose open, oh, no. fat lip, blood was every, everywhere. My husband's an emergency room doctor, and he was. I've never seen him scared like that before. Um, and his fear of blow to the head like that could have been fatal. But um, but I was a mess. I was a mess. And um, one of the great things for me during that time, I, I mean, I just kind of realized, well, you know, I've had this face for a long time, and I'll have a new face for a long time, and there's still lots of other things I can do. Um, and during that time, as I was healing, our business had the biggest jump in growth that we had ever done. And, you know, I, I, I was blessed. I, I healed really well. I just have a couple little scars, and makeup usually covers them up, and they're really no big deal, except to me, because those scars are a reminder of a turn that my life could have taken and a wonderful gift of feeling absolutely free from worry about how I look. We're on the phone with Kathy Ireland. And uh, sure have appreciated the time you've given us, Kathy. It, it really is tremendous. And, and i got to apologize to our listeners for the uh, the uh, technical uh, background noise that you can hear. That's just our telephone lines coming from uh, California to Toronto. And I don't know. It's a bit frustrating, but we can we can move along quite nicely.